Operation Confidence proudly presents America's Invisible Heroes Radio Talk Show. Tune in weekly on Sundays from 2 to 3.30 p.m. Pacific Time with your hosts, Consuela Mackey, co-host, U.S. Air Force veteran, Matt Davidson, announcers, Taylor Marcella and Brooke Gadesi, U.S. Army veteran and entertainment host, Charles Whitehead, U.S. Army Special Forces veteran, and I once was whole segment host, Richard Cook, U.S. Army veteran and lifeline for women's veterans segment host, Martha Elena Varela, National Faith Program Director and Veterans in Recovery segment host, Anthony Akinpora, and U.S. Air Force veteran and incarceration to success segment host, Kevin Lewandowski. For more information or to be a guest on our show, email info at operationconfidence.org. Operation Confidence is a grassroots nonprofit. The organization's mission is to provide stable housing for veterans who have experienced homelessness, as well as providing a wide range of supportive services. To help accomplish our goal, a successful landowner has donated land for the project, a world-renowned architect has offered to design the houses, and construction classes from the local community colleges will take part in building the houses. Your support and donations are needed. To get involved, please visit our website at www.operationconfidence.org or email info at operationconfidence.com. Okay, so welcome everyone, and thank you for tuning in to America's Invisible Heroes. I'm sorry, I'm on my end, I'm having computer problems, so let's go right ahead with the show. We want to wish all of our dads a uh, happy Father's Day, and we also want to thank our guests for coming on today. Uh, yes, I'm Consuela Mackey, your host and executive director of a nonprofit organization called Operation Confidence. No, I'm not a veteran, but, I, but my heart goes out to our American heroes, especially veterans who are disabled and may have experienced homelessness. For those who are new to the show, American Invisible Heroes was established to provide a platform for our veterans. Uh. Uh, and the volume's not coming through due to my, I guess, technically I've gone on volume on this thing. Excuse me. Continue, Connie. Experience heartfelt stories, resources, challenges, and accomplishments. Now, allow me to introduce our, our co-host, Matt Davidson, U.S. Army veteran, board member. And we have U.S. Army Reserve veteran Charles Whitehead, who's also a board member and a co-host. Taylor Marcella, board member and an announcer. Uh, Martha's off today. We have U.S. Army veteran Dr. Kathy Cash. She has a bi-monthly segment called Strategies for Hope. Then we have Dr. Oh, she didn't come on today, so people are having a little chat few challenges, but... Coming on next week will be Dr. Sherry Lee. But then we have retired Army chaplain, Dr. Wendy Children. She has a bi-monthly segment called Living Life Completely. Say hello to everyone. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Okay, we've had some challenges here today, but we're moving right along. Taylor, can you honor us by telling our listeners about the history of Juneteenth? Sure, Connie. Um, the history of Juneteenth. Why is it called Juneteenth? Juneteenth is a holiday commemorating the end of slavery in the United States. It is also called Emancipation Day or Juneteenth Independence Day. The name Juneteenth refers to the date of the holiday combining the word June and 19th. Juneteenth, short for June 19th, marks the day when federal troops arrived in Galveston, Texas in 1865 to take control of the state and ensure that all enslaved people be free. The troops, arri the troops arrival came a full two and a half years after the signing of the Emancipation, Emancipation Proclamation. Juneteenth honors the end of slavery in the United States and is considered the longest running African-American holiday. On June 17, 2021, it officially became a federal holiday. Confederate General Robert E. Lee has surrendered at a Pomatox Courthouse to 
diplomatic. There you go. Thank you. Um, two months earlier in Virginia, but slavery had remained relatively unaffected in Texas until U.S. General Gordon Granger stood on Texas soil and read General Orders Number Three. The people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with the proclamation from the Executive of the United States, all slaves are free. Um, and yeah. Okay, well, moving right along. Okay, we're having some yes. static here. This is, here we go. We're getting in here. Okay, so, hello. I've been through heck and back, but I'm here. <laughs> I want to say that other word. But anyway, moving right along. Um, I want to um, get the... Uh, uh, Dr. Childress and her guests in. Uh, yeah, please. Oh, let's see here. Then that. Uh, That's Lee. You want me to introduce? Mm -hmm. You want me to do the go ahead and do the introduction, Charles? Yeah, please. Go ahead. Go ahead. Run yeah. with it. We okay. all. You know what, Lord? Let me say a quick prayer. Yes. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day, Lord, and we just come against all of the enemies' attacks. We know that you are with us. We know that this program is necessary. We thank the hard work of all those that uh, work effortlessly at, effortlessly at putting this program together and the work that needs to be done for our veterans. And we thank each and every father. We lift them up, Lord, and we put them in your care. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen. 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 So again, happy yeah. Father's Day to all of you fathers. Happy Juneteenth day uh, to everyone because it is something to be celebrated by us all and I am at a celebration right now so if you hear music in the background please forgive me that is well no don't forgive me enjoy oh, it and, uh, so my guest today is Lee Jr. Wilson Jr. he's a marine vet retired staff sergeant Lee went to boot camp five days after graduating high school and turned 18 just before graduating MCRD in San Diego. He served four years active and eight years reserves as a Marine cryptologist. He attended Morse Code Collection School in Pensacola, Florida in 1981. And after he completed that, he was assigned to the Naval Security Group, Active Company E, Marine Support Battalion, Misawa, Japan from uh, 82 to 85. While there, he served in ground-based Morse code collection and in direct support serving TAD, I'm not quite sure what TAD is, but Lee can tell us, on US Navy destroyers, cruisers, submarines, and the carrier enterprise twice. During Desert Storm, his mobilization site was 1st Radio Battalion, Kanoa Bay, Hawaii. And after Desert Storm, he went to Cryptology Analyst School at Goodfellow Air Force Base in Texas. Sergeant Lee Wilson left the Marine Reserves in early 93 to serve as, uh, as Peace Corps volunteer, where he taught English at the 5th Lyceum uh, Warclaw, Poland. And Warsaw. Wrocław. That's right, Poland. After active duty, Lee attended First Mesa Community College, then he transferred to Arizona State University where he majored in Russian language. Once he finished with service to his country, Lee took care of his grandparents for two years, then got a job teaching world and US history at Cathedral City High School where he's been since 1997. He eventually received his master's in national security and uh, Eurasia from CSUN or CSU San Bernardino and his teacher credential from UC Riverside. I did a little research on Sergeant Lee Wilson myself and learned a few more things. Also, these are some things he shared with me. I met him at a DAV event, well, uh, right there in Palm Springs on Thursday nights. Uh, he's, as he shared to us before, with us before, he's a historian for post 519 Palm Springs. That part I knew. He also began the Palm Springs Fallen Heroes Project to honor two of his former students, Private First Class Ming Sung, who was killed in action in Iraq in 2007, and Chief Warrant Officer 02, Suresh 
Kraus. Yara Sakara. Sakara. Sakara Kraus. Thank you, Lee. Afghanistan in 2012. And this quickly morphed into honoring all of their fallen, local fallen heroes and Gold Star family. And with help of the local, local teachers union, the Palm Springs Teachers Association, Lee created a display at the Palm Springs Air Museum that honors all 27 local residents killed in action or missing in action from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, plus Ming and Say that name again for me, please, Suresh. Suresh Abayara Sakara Kraus. Yes. That one. <laughs> and he says, life has been months. good to him. He has, life has been good to him is what he says. So Lee, share with us a little about your military background, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Can I uh, go to screen share? Sure. Yeah. All right. I'm clicking on screen share. I'm hitting... Share says allow Zoom to share your screen. Oh, it's making me go to preferences right now. That on you, Taylor. And oh, I guess it's not going to allow me to go to screen share. Oh, you should be able to just uh, share. You're the host now, Connie, so you have to make him a co-host. He is a co-host. Oh, well, it's making me go to system preferences and then it will not if you go to screen share screen that little green button in the middle it doesn't uh, take you no it clicks on and says you know gives me the i do zoom all, all the time so yeah, okay. it should be working uh desktop one that's me so it should absolutely go i click on share but now then it says allow zoom to share your screen Open system preferences, security, privacy. Open security, uh, preferences, security, find security. Man, I don't want to waste anybody's time. I know everybody's got something to do right now. Uh, but let me just start off while I'm figuring this out. Uh, my name is Lee Wilson, Jr. I teach World News History at University High School. So I've been there since 1997. I'm very lucky. I've done a great job. And... Uh, I get to, you know, pay to talk about current events and what's going on in the world and stuff like that. And for whatever reason, it allow the apps below to record the context your screen, you know, use it. Something that you can uh, email to me real quick. No, I'll just I'll put a link uh, in the chat. I'll just uh, get on with it because I don't want okay. post disabled participant screen sharing. All right. Well, anyway, so I, I just made you co-host. Okay, let me see if I can do this again. Share. Uh, and it wants to go. So, optimize. Share. Open system preferences. But it won't allow me to uh, select. <laughs> it, 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 something's weird on my end. Do you have whatever you're reading? Is it opened up already? Or are you going to? Yes, it is. Yeah, I've got several yeah. tabs ready to go. I don't know. It's, uh, it's a... I, I'm wasting everybody's time. I'll just continue. So anyways, uh, yeah, I served four years active eight reserves as a Marine Corps cryptologist. I worked a lot with uh, Russian linguists. It was a lot of fun. I tried to re-enlist for Russian linguist school, but they'd only give me Arabic or Spanish. So I said, screw the military, got out, used my military benefits to go to college, did one year to junior college, then I transferred to ASU. I received my bachelor's in Russian language. I stayed in the reserves for eight years. And, you know, I got to play Radio Rambo a couple times a year. That was always fun at 29 Palms or Kenanoe Bay, Hawaii with the first radio battalion. Um, sometime during my uh, college years, I wanted to go serve my country in another way. And after Desert Storm, uh, somebody said, hey, man, join the Peace Corps. And there was a small chance I was supposed to get my master's in Russian at the University of Arizona, but Desert Storm kind of put the kibosh on that and then what to do with your life afterwards. So somebody goes, hey, man, join the Peace Corps. So uh, by an accident, I got into the Peace Corps and went to Poland and taught uh, high school English at the Fifth Lyceum in Wrocław. It was really cool. It was right after communism. Got to see a lot of cool, interesting stuff, how Poland was trans, you know, transiting from you know, communist, you know, command economy to capitalism from rigid, you know, communist 
you know, bureaucracy to democracy, parliamentarian style democracy. It was really interesting. I got involved with a thing called the Model United Nations Project that uh, helped teach, uh, you know, parliamentarian procedures to high school kids from all over Poland and even all over Europe. It was a lot of fun. Uh, came It's an accident. I kind of moved to Palm Springs, but uh, I'm very lucky. I live in a nice, cool neighborhood. No kids. Uh, I like to joke that uh, I'm the straightest guy in my neighborhood. You know, all my neighbors are like, I live in a gayborhood. It's great. Property values, man. Property values. No kids. No kids. <laughs> I tell my students that every day. I make them write it down. Never get married. Never have children. Write that down. So I get extra credit when they do. We like kids. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's an interesting character. That's his motto. Yeah, of, <laughs> is that what it joking, is? Of course, I'm being facetious, but uh, I've been a member of the American Legion since 1999. And uh, back when, uh, like I said earlier, I had two former students that were killed in action, one in Iraq and one in Afghanistan. And as a former Marine and their teacher, I kind of felt some sort of you know, obligation to honor their memory and service. And after Suresh was killed in 2012, he was a helicopter pilot and taking in some Navy SEALs and a special op when it was shot down and everybody on board was killed. I wanted to make sure that those guys were going to be honored. So I created this thing called the Palm Springs Fallen Heroes Project. And I'm going to call it up here on my Facebook page and let put it into the chat. But they also made me the historian at the Palm Springs American Legion right around that time. And so I started to learn about stuff and do things uh, to honor all our local fallen heroes. And some of my guests are coming over right now and I'm putting something, a link in the chat to my Facebook page so you can check it out. Oh, I'm sorry, that went just to, uh, I gotta make sure that goes to everybody. I gotta, sorry, everyone in meeting. Let me try that again. Okay, and then when you get a chance, open up that. But it quickly morphed into honoring all our World War II, Korean and Vietnam veterans. And um, what I learned was like, these World War II guys were being lost to history. Their names were being lost. Nobody knew who they were. And I'm a teacher, so I'd stick around during the summer. I just started researching on ancestry, find a grave, Facebook pages for their units. And I learned, you know, where these guys lived, where they went to school, where they were killed, where they're buried. And uh, we started making banners for all these guys. And the next time you're in Palm Springs and you're walking down Palm Canyon Drive, you'll notice the Fallen Hero banners honoring our local 27 fallen heroes, including the Vietnam guys uh, who are also being lost in history. So that was kind of sad. And, and where is that look in Los, in Palm Springs, you said? Yes, ma'am. Uh, the banners are on display right now uh, along Palm Canyon Drive, downtown Palm Springs. Okay. And at the Palm Springs Air Museum, they've been really gracious to me over the years. They have uh, fallen hero banners in their parking lots. And they also- There we go. Oh, okay. They also have uh, banners uh, or a display uh, inside the Air Museum. And I have memorabilia, news clippings, and stuff like that. And over the last few years, it's been uh, an honor and a privilege during their Air Museum uh, Memorial Day ceremonies to help read the names of the fallen and assist with the Gold Star families, uh, you know, that are singled out and honored during Memorial Day. And it's, it's quite an honor. And uh, Yeah, it sounds wonderful. Uh, and recently, my friend Marilyn, who just showed up here, her and I, uh, and another couple friends, we started a, our Palm Springs American Legion post is a classic 1948 pre-modernistic design. It was, uh, was designed by renowned architects, John Porter Clark and Albert Frey. And we're one of the very last Albert Frey buildings in Palm Springs that has not been restored. We were built in 1948, which means all the plumbing's been busted, all the you know, the wiring, just everything has to go. So we started a, a 501c3. And let me put that in there. It's save PS post 519.org. You get a chance, check out this website. Uh, we're working with local preservation founded, the Palm Springs Preservation Foundation, the Palm Springs Modern Committee. And uh, they're 
very generous with us. We recently are going to rebuild our blueprints. They brought in somebody $24,000 with a free uh, analysis to rebuild our blueprints. They've supplied us with a, uh, an architect, a renowned local architect, her name is Susan Sequoy Jensen. And she's responsible for the Capitol Plaza, the Town and Country Center in Paul Springs. And our goal is, Marilyn and I here, uh, over the summer to start looking for grants, uh, government grants, state grants, US uh, grants, county grants, and also starting to work with the Preservation Foundation. We have a memorandum of understanding with those guys to um, uh, 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 the structural analysis. And then once that's done, we go to them with our wish list, which includes new bathrooms, new kitchen, new sound system. We don't even have a sprinkler system in that place. And you would think we would be the most handicapped, you know, accessible building at Paul Springs. We are the least handicapped accessible building in Paul Springs. And our goal is again to kind of restore this beautiful 1948 iconic building for our community preservationists and veterans, you know, for generations to come. If we can pull this off, uh, you know, 100 years from now, they won't have to worry about a thing, you know, for another 100 years if we restore this place properly. So my friend Marilyn and I, we started working on that. And I do a lot of other stuff for the uh, Palm Springs uh, American Legion Post with uh, Gold Star Families Memorial Days, and just keeping our history going. Is there anything particular you want to show on this? Well, sure, that's Owen Kaufman. We're named after him. He was the son of Earl Kaufman, who was the founder of our post and the grandson of Nellie Kaufman, who's considered the matriarch of Palm Springs, who was an early business community leader, ran the Desert Inn. Uh, that's her grandson. He was killed in action on his second mission. He was a B-17 pilot. And just kind of, again, it shows you the waste of war. What a waste. This guy was a Stanford graduate. He's aristocracy. You know, this guy would have been a senator. He would have been a judge. And he was killed on his second mission. As you probably know, you had to make 25 missions in World War II before you got to go home. And so again, well, you have to come back and share some some more of your stories. I, I, I think. I don't want to waste your time. Yes. I, I think, think what you're doing is just absolutely amazing. You're not wasting your time at all. Thanks. So you're not wasting your time. Thank uh, you. No, no, no you're not. Hollywood history here. Also, we had national radio broadcasts from 1948 to 1954. That's Al Jolson, Judy Garland, playing on our 1907 Salon Grand Model A Steinway piano. Uh, we had not only Al Jolson, but Jack Benny's show ran there for a year. We had Bob Hope on our stage. We had uh, Bing Crosby <laughs> on our stage. Doris Day was on our stage. Groucho Marx. The, the Hollywood uh, list is really deep uh, during the golden era of radio. But when TV took over, radio died. And uh, let's scroll down a little bit more and you'll see some of the photos in our image gallery. But one thing I really want to highlight is this photo you can see that with the piano on the stage, you see that wooden stage just underneath that one, uh, right underneath the Bob Hope. <coughs> no, that's our piano, our beautiful Steinway. And we're going to restore that thing. We learned it's going to cost $68,500 via six to eight month process because we'll have to ship it to Iowa to the Steinway facility. Uh, and we're hoping maybe we can get this started, at least on the piano, sometimes this, this winter. Well, that sounds absolutely uh, amazing. Model forward, and you'll see this beautiful picture of uh, our ceiling. Keep going, right there. We have what's called, go back, we have what's called a lamella ceiling. See that wooden structure that holds it up? It's very rare for Southern California now. You use, instead, it gives you big open spaces. It's kind of like a Quonset hut design, but it's not a Quonset hut because they use rhomboid intersect intersecting wooden joints to keep it together but it gives you big open spaces and it's just beautiful and there are very few examples left in southern california of this ceiling and our goal is wow what if we brought this back because right now it's covered by these ugly ugly 1960s tiles and blocks the view but we would love to have a new sound system and we know we're gonna have to raise millions of dollars in order to do that but uh, we're pretty optimistic that things are starting to go our, our way. You can see what it used to look like there in the background again. And uh, so we're very fortunate with that. Well, that's uh, absolutely amazing. We're very impressed with what you're doing. Yeah. And we want you to 
make sure that you come back because we have a we want to want you to share a lot of what you what you have and where you're going with it and how can Operation Confidence get involved? I like to get your email. I think you sent me your information. We put that in the chat here. Oh, Wilson. Yes. Yes. Right. I want to share with you what we're doing, and uh, hopefully, you'll be a part of what our show. Too. All right. Well, you always welcome to come back. Every Thursday night, downtown Palm Springs, we have Village Fest, and our Legion Post and our local DAB chapter have a table there under a tent, and we're trying to get the word out if you're a veteran and you need assistance with your VA claims. Almost always, we have a VSO, Veteran Service Officer, who's there to assist, point you in the right directions. We've been able to help a lot of veterans. If they had 40%, we got them 60% if they just follow our advice and stuff. So we're out there every Thursday night, Village Fest, come by and, and, and check us out and look for our beautiful tent. And I want to thank, thank you beautiful people for inviting me here today. Oh, and, my pleasure. Uh, I can share some more information, your wealth of information that oh, our, our thank you. to know. Okay. Well, right, thank uh, you for your patience. And right, thank well, you for your patience. Well, I'm going to mute me and I'm going to entertain my guests. I'll be multitasking walking around, but I'm not going to. Okay. Uh, I want to listen in. I want to listen oh, in. Oh, thank you. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks. All right. All right. Thank you, folks. Thank you, Wendy. <laughs> okay, thank Matt. you so much for your patience and for hanging in there. Yeah. Thanks for hanging in. We had a few glitches, but we made it. <laughs> Matt. Yes. I want to say this, while Lee's going to hang in there, like Jared, I'm at a, a Juneteenth celebration. I oh, yeah, that's you right, you have to go. Time. Okay, sweetheart, so, see you in a couple. So much, okay. Thank you. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye. Bye now. Matt, take it away. Okay. First of all, I want to say a happy Father's Day to all our veteran dads. Wishing you all joyful, loving, memorable Father's Day. You've earned it and now enjoy it. Right. Next, next I want to talk about uh, the National PTSD Awareness Month. Awareness Day will be on June 27th at the uh, Vietnam Veterans Memorial Wall. Nearly 3 million service members served in Vietnam and thousands battled PTSD, which has impacted their lives and the lives of their families. Returning without proper homecoming compounded the issues veterans faced upon their return. As I said before, June is National PTSD Awareness Month and the Awareness Day will be on June 27th. You can bring awareness of PTSD to your community all year long by getting the uh, or wearing t-shirt that's uh, being provided by the wall at this time, the message saying, be the light in the dark as PTSD Awareness Day. And also, you may, if you wish, you may sponsor a candle and a personal message to be placed on the VA uh, Veterans, Vietnam Veterans Memorial Wall in Washington, DC. Now for more information on these items and on the day itself, please contact https colon backward slash backward slash www.bvmf.org slash PTSD dash awareness. Once again, hey, email that to me so we can put it on our website as well. Sure, I can. That's important. Yes, uh, in fact, I can email that to you. Yeah, that's what I said, yeah. Sure, so I'll you, do that. That'd be great. Well, thank you, Matt. I know that you have to leave, but uh, please forgive me for our little 
little, little computer glitches, but we got a chance to get you in and also to uh, hear that wonderful presentation from um, uh, Mr. Wilson as well. Okay. okay. Thank you. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. You got it. Thank right. you. Bye-bye, right, everybody. Okay. Uh, Taylor, you're going to take over the announcing? I'm here. We got to let Ann come on. She's got... She's all the way in from an, in another state. Oh, yeah, let's get her. And so, her. what part, Tyler? The Anne wasn't just. We'll just have to announce it because she didn't. She got just, it. Yeah. Okay. So our lovely Anne Montague on, yeah. is a Rosie's daughter. Um, she does amazing work in finding Rosies all over the world. Um, we are so grateful to have her here with us. Um, so Anne, take it away. And she has a bi-monthly segment called the Roses Movement. So we're excited to have Anne. Take it away, Anne. And uh, Dale, can you hear us and can you unmute? Uh, be sure and unmute. You're muted. I'll go ahead and introduce you, Dale, but uh, unmute, if you will. Um, Dale Wright is one of four children of uh, Rosie, who was very special to us. She was an extremely gentle woman. I have a picture of her that I'm going to try to put up to my camera here. I don't know if you can see it very well, but <clears throat> this is when she's about 17 or 18 years old. She just graduated from high school and um, she was walking up the streets of uh, South Charleston, West Virginia. That picture was taken by her husband, but he wasn't her husband for many years later. So he went into the military and he was uh, essentially to clean up after the atomic bomb. So, uh, was so it was his mother that was the uh, one of the original Rosies from Rosie. His, his, uh, his mother is Janice Wright. And, you know, the picture I just showed you, that's Janice. Yeah. So while she was working in a factory in South Charleston, West Virginia, he was in the military and he was um, essentially stationed uh, to clean up after the atomic bomb. And then he died of radiation cancer. Wow. So the reason I showed that picture is that he fell in love with that picture and kept that picture and didn't meet her for years later and then they married. So it's oh. a great it's a great love story. Next it's time, a, make sure you email those pictures to Charles so he can share. I will, them. I will right. do that. Dale, Dale, can you can you unmute unmute? Show him where it is. Tell him where it is. You you have unmuted yourself. From a few minutes ago. Yeah, I know. Dale, it's on the bottom left. Bottom left corner. There you go. Okay. All right. We can hear you. So I hope you can hear us. So um you, you muted I want to hear him. You just can you, muted yourself. Mute it still. Yeah, to the bottom left. The bottom left, the microphone. Right like at the mic. See the microphone. There we go. Nope. No. Nope, not yet. The bottom left, where you see that little microphone, all the way to the bottom. It says a microphone and a stop video hey. right below. There right you there go. You. Connie, can you can, can hear you see? now? Leave it like that. Don't touch it. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. He's still not muted. Oh, is that? No. Connie, can muted, you ask I mean. him to unmute and maybe that'll help or that'll do something? Oh, uh, I think he. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, the, no, Zoom, the Zoom host should be able to mute and unmute people, but they don't make it that way. Yeah, I know. Didn't we do that one, have that uh, option before? We had him a never. minute ago, yeah. No, it's never been that way. They, they, they um, You have the option of muting them. Well, let me just go ahead and, and I'll tell the story because we're so behind today. Yeah, and we're running out of time. One of the things well, that... We have him on, though, because he's... Or can of, we call him in, Ann? Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. One more thing before you do that, Dale. Look at your picture and go to the top right corner and press, see it says mute or
You just un you just muted yourself, Charles. Right, right, right. right. I'm just uh, but if you go up to the top right corner in your window, there's a button that says unmute. If you push your if you look uh, browser for your right, name. Right at right your browser. It says uh unmute and there's three dots beside it. In your window with your picture. No, it's okay, Dale. Um and, okay. and it's gonna call you in, okay? So hang tight. This is a true representation of Father's Day. <laughs> Got to deal with all of the, the, the hassles. and the, We haven't you know, ever had these many hassles before. It's Father's Day for you. you know, yeah. Welcome to Father's Day. <laughs> but that's a, a good day, Father's though. Day show here. Yeah. That's a good day. I've had my daddy, rest in peace, was the, the best in my life. So it's a good day. It's a good Did you day. call Dale yet? And not you. Is he asking? He's calling you, Dale. He got it. Yeah. There. Go to. You're muted, Anne. Anne, you're muted. There she go. She's unmuted now. Okay, good. All right. Dale, I'm just going to uh, ask you to give a review, if you will, of your mom and dad. I'm having, I think... in the I'm having a lot of you talking. They're talking back. I'm having a tough time hearing everybody. Well, can you hear me through the phone? I can hear you through the phone, but I'm having a repeat on the screen, too. Well, just mute mute yourself on the screen and let's talk. He's already muted on the screen. Okay, let's just talk on the phone. You, I tell you what, I'll just go ahead and tell you a story and you listen, okay? And if you can add anything, that would work, okay? Okay. All right, that's great. Anyway, um, one of the most important things I think is um, uh, unfolding here as we do our research with American Rosie the Riveters, is that we're finding that so many of the women really took care of men who were disabled in body and spirit. And um, one of the best examples of that is Dale's mom, who took care of his dad, and the uh, incredible love that she had for him. And once he died, she just looked sometimes like she was... Uh, I was a little bit stunned and she was so gentle. So she said to me one time, you know, when somebody has a, a bad situation, that's something that's happened to them and you can't do anything about it, just say to them, um, sometimes the only thing that can be said is I care. I was so impressed by that, that I made postcards and when somebody has a tragedy in their life and there's nothing I can do about it, I always quote his mother. I just think that's a great quote. Um, sometimes the only thing that can be said is I care. Isn't that special? Yeah. But, uh, do you, you want to go ahead and tell about your dad and your mom? I said to the thing, I'm just having problems hearing and doing stuff, man. We, we can hear him. Okay, well you can. We can hear you. So tell me something, Charles. Tell him what to do now that he can hear. Um, just talk. We can hear you, Dale. But I mean, as far as do you see mute at the bottom of your screen on the left? You don't have to do anything with the screen. What I'm saying to you, Dale, is it's coming through on the. Television. No, I understand that, but I'm wondering if you can do through the, the screen. Can you do you see the bottom of the screen on the left says mute? No. You don't? Okay, Dale. The very what, bottom. Dale, do this. Look in your window of your window with you. At the top right, does it say unmute? If you read, take your browser and, and roll it over there. It'll, it'll see his name first. 
No, no, his name is it should be in his window. It's the top right. Okay, let's let's what about let's just have Dale, just cancel out, just close out on your computer, but keep your phone there and we will interview you by phone. Okay? Yeah. Cancel out. We don't need to see you. No, we need to see him. Well, it's not gonna work, cause well you his face is there. But so honey, no, I would just rather he be able to speak on the phone because it's even much. if he can't, yeah, he's let's just have him. Let's just echoes on his end. So. Del, leave the meeting, and then we'll just have Ann speak to you over the phone, okay? Just leave the meeting, Dale. That's the best way. And then keep the phone there, and I'll interview by phone, okay? Are you listening? I'm listening, but I still haven't got this thing turned off somehow. Okay, just turn it off. Um, yeah. Turn, somehow turn your computer off even. We don't need the computer. We're going to do the interview by phone. We can remove you ourselves. Okay. So I would, if we're able to, let's do that. Yeah, let's remove him. We're, we got you on the phone. We still got you, Dale. It's okay. You're not going nowhere. We just won't be able to see you. Don't hang him up, Ann. Okay. going to remove you now okay so dale they couldn't hear you now by phone so why don't you just go ahead and talk about your dad and your mom's history and um well we'll ask any questions at the end okay uh i'm sorry what to say well let me just tell the story then but um you've done it so many times but um one of the things folks that he does um, very well and many times we've done this with uh, his family and so forth is he is so uh, he was very close to his mother who died of COVID. Uh, what was it a year and a half ago now, Dale? Yes, September the 17th, 2020. Yeah. And then uh, when did your dad die? It was uh, in the 90s. Uh, 1985. And why don't you tell a little bit about the research that your family did and you finally understood that, uh, we, I mean, it wasn't clear at first that your dad had radiation cancer. Why don't you tell about that? Uh, the only thought, because uh, my dad was in the Philippines, he used the tiny Tim Ruckus that mom made for the, uh, the Rosie Riveter and was sent into Japan and at the time that he was at Hiroshima and Nagasaki, I never knew about it until uh, his best friend told me about it. Otherwise, my dad just didn't talk about the war any. And then 30, 45 years later, worked at the state police climbing towers. And all of a sudden, his, his bone cancer caught up with him and passed away at age 80, at 65. And uh, your mother was how old, 90? What was she, uh? Mom was 93 when she passed in 2020, but dad was age 65 when he passed in 1985. Yeah, so she was many years alone, and Dale spent 35 years with her and took care of her. He misses her terribly. But one of the other things that we need to talk about here is um, the um, what she actually did was uh, make the Tiny Tim rockets. So the Tiny Tim rockets were small rockets that were used it was air to ground missiles. And um, she had never even seen a drawing of a Tiny Tim rocket. She'd put them together, but she'd not seen a drawing. And I finally researched, you know, exactly what the Tiny Tim rocket looked like. And it brought back memories to her. And she was so grateful after all those many years to basically see in more detail uh, what she had done. This is very typical of the roses. They very often are not able to um, tell you too much because they're not told very much. So she had a particular uh, piece in, in uh, putting the rockets together and it was the last step. And then after the rocket was made, 
she would drag it out to the platform for the train to pick up in the in the evening. So, so she did a lot of heavy work as well as the um, as um, in, in putting the rocket together. But to her, for her to see the drawing of a rocket and how that was put together, I think that information was probably very much secret through World War II. And of course, a lot of the women are very concerned that they still don't know exactly what they did. And um, they, they are relieved to find out exactly what they did. Uh, Dale, tell about your dad being in the Philippines. What, what's that story? Well, the only time that I know that my dad was in the state police, secret arrangement with the state police, and he was deferred so many times so he was forced into the army. And then he went and the, he was at the Philippines. And beyond that, uh, like I said, my dad was just couldn't talk about anything. It's just, I guess, the, as y'all call the post-traumatic stress disorder. Had did everybody back there, but back his dad just wouldn't talk about it. And I knew he's the Philippines by doing research, but otherwise, I just didn't know much about my dad during the war. And uh, so now tell us about his illness. How was it? I mean, why he, he had cancer, but what were his symptoms? Uh, basically, the thing was that my dad worked for 45 years, state police without missing a day. Then all of a sudden, his something went wrong with his health, and they couldn't find what was going on. And went to doctors, went to Sloan Chattering, had a hospital, just still didn't know about it. And after passing, and then basically, we figured out it was due to bone cancer, which uh, my, my dad's best friend told him, told us, that he was at Hiroshima and Nakasaki. But if he had said it, I would have never known my dad was even at the bomb sites. Well, yeah, that's, that's very, very typical. This is one thing that I say, folks, about the roses. One of the reasons the roses is are important, and there are many reasons, that the men would tell their wives things that they didn't tell anybody else. But sometimes they wouldn't talk at all. And the fact that the families suffered along with the, the, the uh, veterans, not so overtly, but when the men didn't talk, it really meant that they were basically, um, they were hurting. There was a lot of pain there. And I think uh, this whole thing about the Rosie the Riveters is misdirected if we only think about exactly what did they produce in a factory. Uh, we have to really look at the fuller story. They grew up through the depression they did their work through the war. They waited for their men to come home and sometimes they weren't married. Then they took care of injured veterans. Then they had children who were in the military and it goes on. So um, of course now the really interesting thing is how few roses there are left. So we're asking all of America to um, find ways we can guide them but to find ways to um, get the last roses that are still remaining. One way is to go to your uh, local um, council on aging, which would be typically state, but not always, it can be cities. And ask them to um, essentially help you find the roses. Washington DC did a great job last year. They found six roses for us who were above 100. The, the state of Utah this year is uh, putting in the Meals on Wheels, a flyer for every Meal on Wheels and say, if you uh, help with the war effort in World War II, please let us know. So that's a special way that government is, is starting to help us now. But it's very late. So the youngest Rosie I know now is 93, going on 94, she'll be 94 in about three weeks. Wow. So, um, is she able to come on the show? No, she is not. She she backed out. Uh, we actually have one woman who's deaf and she doesn't want to because she has hearing problems. And she well, was deaf. She was deaf in childhood. And she was deaf when she worked. So another part of the story is that many people who were disabled went ahead and worked in the factories or the farms or whatever. So they didn't have to be able-bodied women. 
Well, we want you back on the show as as uh, always, but make sure you email pictures like uh, your guests. I will. So that uh, we can be able to get a clear picture. Okay. I'm we welcome. got to move right along. And thank All you right. so much. It, it was amazing what he shared with his family. Well, thank, thank you. Thank so you. And, uh, you know, tell Dale, thank, thank you. Thank you, Dale. Dale, do you want to stay and listen or do you want to hang out? I'm going to say this is the only thing I thought about my dad is the only time he mentioned about being in the Philippines that my mom says, what is that hole in your chest? My dad said, that's where they made a ribbon they do. My mom said, no, they didn't. What happened? My dad was in the Philippines, his man in radio lines. At nighttime, the Japanese caught him, hit him in the butt with a rifle. And what you do, you know what he had, he had to, between him and them, he had to kill the and it took him two weeks to get back to the American line. In the meantime, he had sulfur and the sea rations, the rations to get him back. When he got back to the American lines, and the doctor says, there's nothing I can do for you except do push-ups. My dad did probably 100 push-ups a day for the rest of his life to build up his chest back up. But that's the only story until my mama actually pinned my dad down. To he had no choice but to explain what he did. But otherwise, that's the only story he mentioned. Yeah. And it's not untypical that the men just can't talk about it, right? And uh, in that case, um, uh, Janice, his mother, told me that um, he basically got injured and then that fell behind his uh, troops. Uh, and so he um, finally found a river and followed the river and eventually found the um, company that he, that he was assigned to. Well, uh, thank you so much, Anne. We got some other guests okay. that have to leave. This All is right, just, and I'm going to lay the phone here for you to listen here, um, Dale. I'm okay. Okay, so I'm going to, uh, I'm muting myself, and you can just listen from here on. Okay, uh, real quick, I, I know Nico's on it beyond for a few minutes, and I know Dr. Cash, you have a very busy schedule. I'm so sorry this we had these glitches. But we need Nico to tell us real quick about his organization, and then you can take your time a little bit, Dr. Cash. Nico. Here I am. Hello. Hey, hello, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Thank so, you. Thanks for having me on. So, uh, my pleasure. We had one of our athletes on a couple weeks ago, Anthony Smith. There's his picture in the background, and what we yeah. do it. We had invited him. We had invited him this time, but he didn't. He must He's have had a. He's a busy. Yep, he got a lot going on. Kids, yeah. <laughs> Father's Day. Yep, and Father's right. Day. It's all wrapped into one. Right. Juneteenth right, right. and Father's Day. He's got big celebrations going on today. Okay. Um, so, tell us about your organization and sure. what you do, and then Doctor Cash will take you and wind it up. I'm not sure, All right. Um, well, at Challenge uh, Athletes Foundation, we empower people with permanent physical disabilities, such as amputations, spinal cord injuries, blindness. We empower them through sports. We pay for athletic equipment, pay for competition and training, and any sport they want to do, whether it's riding bikes with their kids, to winning gold at the Paralympics, and everything in between. I run the Operation Rebound Program for injured veterans, such as Anthony, and first responders, police, fire, paramedics. So we have troops and first responders across the country whom we send to events and buy air rifles for and bicycles and pay for personal training and, and whatnot at any skill level. So we just want them to stay healthy. We also support a lot of clinics, athletic uh, clinics with VAs across the country. So here in San Diego, we have a rock climbing clinic that we support, golf, horseback riding. We started our surf clinic again on Wednesdays, that's every week here in San Diego. Uh, we supply, support a bocce clinic with the Atlanta vets from the Atlanta VA and a blind bowling team with the Charlotte VA. Uh, so we'll provide, you know, we bought bocce balls, for example, for the Atlanta team. So they go out and play bocce. We pay for the um, use of the gym down here, the rock climbing gym as another example. So, that, so areas where the VA wouldn't have the funds to pay for it, but they want to get their, their vets active. We pay for those types of things. And that's how we just continue to empower veterans. That's so cool. You're going to help us on uh, Saturday? Next weekend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll be getting the word out. So Yeah, that's great. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Hey, All right. Question for you. 
Yeah. Um, you know, the, the stuff you provide, is it all athletics or is it to help veterans get out? And so I guess. So it's sport and recreation, right? So, right. you know, I mean, we have, we have some people who are fish, right? So we send them to the bass fishing tournaments or we'll buy them fishing gear. Um, things like that, sport and recreation, any kind of sport and recreation related items. You know, the little uh, uh, motorcycle wheel that attaches to the front of a regular wheelchair? Yeah, now that should be provided by the VA because that would be fall under the medical equipment. But So but, VA should provide that. Are they not providing that? Uh, well, like myself, I'm not a VA um, connected. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter though, but well, it depends. So it depends on your category. If you're considered category seven, catastrophically injured, that you should be able to get healthcare through VA and get provided those items that you would need. But I don't know if you don't get any healthcare through VA. No. Okay. We could talk about that. There may be um, an organization that could help with that. Chive Charities is really good. So Chive Charities provide, they have a program that provides uh, medical equipment assistance for veterans and first responders. Okay. How yeah. you forget and ask Nico, Charles, of all people. You know he's a wealth of information. Well, I know. I've I've talked to him about this before, but the when yeah. he would talk, you know, this particular equipment I'm talking about is a little yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would I would I would contact Chive Charities about that. C H I V E. Yeah. Charities. Yep. Okay. Like stay calm and chive on. You know, with Bill Murray T-shirt. You ever see those? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Chive charities. They're and, really good. And I'm going to have to text you on something real important that's about to happen tomorrow that I'm going to need you to chime in on a, on a Zoom conference call if you're available at 10. Are you available yeah. at 10? I won't be available at 10, but is there anything we can talk I'll afterwards? I'll talk yeah, afterwards, please. Okay. okay. Stay around. Thank you so much, Dr. Cash. All right, Nico. Thanks. All right. Thank you. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Just real brief. I know we're pressed for time, but it was some really important information I wanted to share about um, the Civil War, which is when we get when we start talking about Juneteenth. Uh, thanks for Taylor for uh, sharing that information at the beginning about Juneteenth and, and the whys and the wherefores and when it started and all that other good stuff. Um, this past week, the Greater Los Angeles VA which is the West LA VA and the Los Angeles Care Center, uh, they both held their first annual Juneteenth celebrations. So both events, one was Wednesday the 15th at, at downtown and then Thursday the 16th at West LA. And both of them were resource fairs as well as opportunities to provide information. Uh, we know that the bill was signed into law last year that Juneteenth was a federal holiday. However, it did not start last year, June, the celebration of Juneteenth. And as we know, um, 1865, when the slaves found out that they were no longer slaves, that started the whole celebration of Juneteenth. And all and for years, people have been celebrating. So at the VA, it's like, what's the holiday about? What is Juneteenth? What is Juneteenth? So we had an opportunity to share about Juneteenth this week. And one particular person that I shared about was Harriet Tubman. A lot of people did not know that she was a veteran. Really? She served as a spy, as a scout, as a cook, and a nurse during the Civil War. And then after the Civil War, she nursed troops back to health in segregated hospitals. So she was very instrumental in the Civil War, very instrumental as a veteran. Um, one of the things that she did during the war was she was the first woman to lead a major military operation where she and 150 African-American Union soldiers rescued more than 700 slaves in the Combahee Ferry Raid during the Civil War. Civil war. So that was one of the things that she, as a woman, did. Again, she was a spy, a scout, a cook, and a nurse. Um, so she married, a, she, when she married, she married a veteran. So when the war was over, her husband died. She was not able to get veterans benefits. Even though she was a veteran, she wasn't able to get veterans benefits. She was given a widow's pension based on her husband's service. And when I shared this, I said, there's nothing new under the sun. 
Because when we talk about women veterans, we're always getting the short end of the stick. They, they forget that we serve. So when we go into the hospital, they'll look at us and say, are you waiting for your brother? Are you waiting on your father? Are you waiting on your husband? They forget that we serve too. Um, so often, often we're a pen that says, I am a woman veteran. And then when I see other women veteran in the clinic, if I have extra pens, I'll hand them out to them. Uh, but Harriet Tubman, um, she did not receive her pension. She received the widow's pension, pension which was $8. Wow. And again, that was not for her service, but that was for her husband's service. So we know now that when veterans are having problems getting their pensions, what do they do? They call their congressman. That's what she did back then. She called her congressman. And long story short, she jumped through all the hoops, did everything that was supposed to happen. The congressman took it to the bill, to the floor. Bill was passed. And she was able to get her own military pension in the amount of $20. That was big money back then, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Wow. And we know that we're in the process of having her face put on the $20 bill. Right. So that's the connection of the $20 bill. Because somebody asked me before, she did so much, and they just looking at the Underground Railroad. She did so much, why not on the $100 bill or the $50 right. bill? So the but 20 the $20 bill was her military pension. That so that was sense. the connection. That's yes. amazing. That makes sense too. That wow. was her connection. Right. And so we know the U.S. Army just celebrated its 247th birthday on the 14th of June. So we have a veterans from all wars, all eras. And we're just encouraging people to talk to the veterans and get their stories. Exactly. Because we only hear have some of them to come on the show because you have some amazing guests. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We did. We had we had a couple. Well, we we do have some that are lining up to come on. Oh, great. because yes, they do have powerful stories. They have powerful yeah. stories. Right. And sometimes when you listen to the stories, if you were not part of the military or if you were, everybody didn't have a hard time in the military. Some people right. served, had a great twenty years, got out, went on to success. There are people who did that. Then there are those who fought every single piece of the way. So when you hear these stories, you're like, no, they didn't let that happen. That couldn't have possibly happen. Right. So you would wow. be amazed at some of these stories that you hear of how people have overcome. Because we're looking at the three words I use were resistance, resiliency, and recovery. So as veterans, we did all of that. We resisted just people telling us that this is what you have to accept. Harry Tubman didn't accept that $8. She no. could have said, oh, well, I'm just going to accept this $8 and go on about my business. No, right. she resisted that. So she went on and fought. And when I was reading about this, there was a, this is one of those little fun facts. They decided to give it to her, basically to shut her up. She was already old. She was in her 70s. Um, and like, well, she's not going to be around much longer. So we'll just go on and let her have this. She lived to be 93 years old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so she received a pension for almost 20 years. Right. Still raising hell too, wasn't she? Yes. All the way to the end. <laughs> so yeah. that's that resistance. She didn't give up. No, that's <laughs> amazing. That's such wonderful history. Thank you, yeah. Dr. King. Golly. And then we also, I'm almost <laughs> we also look at the resiliency we bounce back as veterans we bounce back we get knocked down we get up and keep on pushing right keep on fighting so we can't change what happened to us but we take what happened to us and we build upon it and make ourselves better and that's where we get to recovery that so we go so through all of that we change what we can change so that we have that better life that we have and it was awesome about this organization because uh, Operation Confidence gives that veteran the opportunity to better their life, gives them the opportunity, gives them that foothold. When right. they decide that they want to go into recovery, that they want to get better, this is a vehicle by which they can do that. Exactly. So when we're looking at all the things that we do, very important to the to the veteran community. I appreciate so, that. You're very special. Remember Harriet Tubman. Yeah, we will. And can you come back on with a little bit more like pictures and of videos and stuff uh, uh videos or something like that to share with us next time when you come back yes yes okay. 
That was two, two things that I want to uh, uh, mention. Um, you said that uh, you have a pen called uh, I'm a Woman Vet. What what is it called? I'm a Woman Veteran. Can 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 we get some of those to give to like our women veterans? Uh, you I have know, to like... I have to find some more. Oh, okay. It's kind of so... like red, white, blue. Can you see it? Uh, yeah, I don't have my background. He's blinking back and forth. Yeah, a uh, little bit. Yeah, right. it says I'm a woman veteran. I'm in the process of trying to order some more. Uh, but yes, when I'm when I'm out, especially when I'm in a clinic, I wear one on my badge. Mm -hmm. And if I see particularly a senior woman, I, I gave one to, um, what was she? She was a whack. Okay, so you know that was way back then, Women's Army Corps. Right. She was in the clinic, and I took my pen off and gave it to her, because yeah. it's again we're we're always fighting to be recognized as women vets. Right. Right. Sure are. That's right. So I will find out about getting some more of those, because yes, we do need to continue to hand them out, because people forget. And I had a guy ask me, how come they don't have, I'm a male veteran? I said, how many times have you gone to the clinic and they ask you, are you here for your wife? They don't ask you that. Uh -huh. <laughs> they don't pass you over. Because I will right. be standing there at the desk and will go to the person behind me and say, sir, can I help you? Oh and I'm like, goodness. am I invisible? Oh, we thought you were with him. See? Okay, no, I'm the veteran. So wow. that's why I have to wear those pins. And that's, uh, I think that's a great thing. But you had two, two questions, Charles? Well, the second thing is I want to let people rem remind people when Juneteenth uh, hit and the slaves were freed, for a lot of them, they didn't have anywhere to go because, you know, this is what they were doing. They were living with, uh, you know, the, 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 the slave masters and all. And so once they were freed, not like they could just say, okay, let's go wherever and get a job here and there. There were no right. jobs and things like that. So it was a struggle. Some of them actually stayed and kept working for the people who were their slave masters. So that was just something I want to throw in. Just wow. definitely. You know, that's Thank a piece you. of history that people need to know about that. Yes, know. for sure. Well, so, come back and put that dollar bill and some more history about Harriet Tell her being as a veteran. Maybe you can find some photos or some a video to share with us because there, that's there's a, there's a uh, uh uh something i saw around the christmas it's uh an interview of a lady i forget her name she's she's playing harriet tubman and she's being interviewed by this guy and i mean i was like is that harriet you know you know it was so it was so good um i'll uh i'll look it up and uh right Okay, well, thank you so much, everybody, for being on the show today. I apologize again for the glitches. We haven't had a glitch in a while. It was but... Father's Day. That's where we had all the glitches <laughs> in the world. Everybody had glitches, so, you know. You know it, it was, I think okay. Charles called that, called that to fruition. <laughs> right, right. Well, thank you so much, and look for us next next Sunday, unglitched, okay? And I thank you all. We're signing off now. Have a wonderful Father's Day to all the dads out there. And uh, thank you so much for our guests coming on. And, and Nico, you forgot to tell us about that precious son, but you'll be able to come back and tell us later. Okay? All right. Thank you. Night. Goodbye. All Say right. bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.